Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the Diasquast, Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? I'm sorry, the Dias who? I cannot say that word twice, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I think you just make it words up now. I think this is (laughs) Diasquast? Like, I don't even know what that, I mean. Diasquast. That's just a word that like someone just made up because they were bored and and just, you know, the guys at, at Webster's were like, all right, let's just, you know, they had a few drinks and they were like, let's just make up a screwed up word. And diasquast is what it was. Yeah, I think a real nerd made up this word. This is a nerd word. This is like somebody who knows how words work and was like, oh, he's a diasquast. <laughs> and some other nerd heard it and was like, ha ha ha, well, I'm also smart, so I'm going to agree with you. Because because clearly... Clearly, there's there's probably an easier word for this. Uh, yes, this is one who makes revisions. Oh, who? It's, like, it's an editor. An editor. Yeah, it's an editor. Yeah, you you like to you like to get in there, Matthew, and and like you know make little changes. You're a you're a diasquast. What I think is funny is that uh, when you look this up on Merriam-Webster's uh, website, it has a variant or less commonly. And it's spelled a little bit different. And I was like, just like, like less commonly, which is kind of funny. What I was thinking, though, that diasquast, you're, you're saying it means an editor. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. it meant like intoxicated because uh, ah. I'm on my mm-hmm. second cocktail. Not going to lie. And uh, <laughs> and I'm feeling pretty good right now. So you're feeling good. Yeah, you're feeling good. I, I am feeling well. Good. So, so today's today's episode could be interesting. Th- oh, good. Well, maybe. Uh, later you will not do as much diasquastation because you'll be passed out and so you can't edit the show and so you're just going to have to release it fully raw. Which oh, we've done My before. apologies, folks. <laughs> my apologies, folks. We have done it before. We have done it before. But anyway, the reason I chose diasquast for you, Matthew, is because that's what Farhan Zaidi has been doing. He's been making little edits. He is. You know, he we is all a, want... He has been diasquatting. He has been diasquasting. He has been diasquasting. He has been diasquasting the old uh, roster quite a bit. Now, has he signed anybody big? No. And is that his fault? It's definitely his fault. But it's only his fault in the larger landscape, right? It is his fault that over five years he has not created the kind of environment or team that big names want to sign with. Right. He has blown the opportunity for the San Francisco Giants to become the de facto team for Japan. And that has been taken away by the Los Angeles Dodgers, which, by the way, is going to be worth so much money. I mean, this is a huge lost opportunity from the financial sense. He's blown all that. So that is definitely his fault. But this year, the reason that he has not signed the remaining four players is not his fault. It's Scott Boris's fault. But that doesn't mean that he can't do things. We all know that Farhan can do things. And he has been, Matthew, he has been doing something that is a really important part of writing, 
which is removing. He has been removing things from the Giants roster in a significant way. We already know that he got rid of Mitch Haniger and he got rid of uh, T-Bone. Uh, and uh, when he acquired Robbie Ray. But just a couple days ago, he acquired, or sorry, he got rid of one Ross Stripling. Just after you and I were like, hey, Ross has got the death ball. He's got the death ball. <laughs> death ball yeah. incoming. Yeah, and yeah, so now all like 2,000 fans in Oakland will be able to watch uh, Ross Stripling. <laughs> That's the right. 2,000 fans will be able to see the death ball live. <laughs> <laughs> and you know the sad thing is Matthew is that he's going to face Shohei Otani a lot less oh that is sad <laughs> that does break my heart probably good for um, him though and, and yeah very good for him I, I you know I have to give Farhan some credit here though for admitting his wrongs and making them right like you know I mean I think stubborn people like you and me would probably just like, no, this is the decision I made. I'm going to ride with it. You know, Ross Stripling's coming back this year. And so is Haniger. They're going to, they're going to make, they're going to, they're going to bounce back. But no, I would never do that. I would never do that. No, you wouldn't. I'm not a, I'm not a sunk cost kind of guy. Like I I, know, like I know when I've made a mistake and I cut my losses. All right. Well, so Farhan is thinking like Ben. That's finally. And I think that that's, you know, that's commendable because I think a lot of us would, would not do that. So, right. The fact that he is publicly admitting that he made mistakes and is uh, jettisoning off these guys is uh, is interesting and also, I think, commendable. That's right. And we're going to talk more about the Ross Stripling trade later and dive deeper into the diasquasting. But before we do that, I have a question for you, Matthew. Okay. It's slightly related to some arguments that people are having about the Giants roster in an abstract sort of way. Here's the question. Is it better to be lithe and agile? Right now I'm I'm so this is an audio format. So right now I'm rolling my shoulders trying to look like I'm skinny okay. and quick <laughs> and fast. Or Matthew, mm-hmm. but I'm puffing out my cheeks now and trying to make my fat arms look like the fat is muscle. Actually, if you squeeze and, them enough, you know, the, they start to look like muscles. Yeah. 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 Is it better to be swole and strong? Hmm. Lithe and agile or swole and strong? Well, personally, I've never been swole or strong. You got to so, get swole. Uh, I have you need the been, gains. I have been lithe and agile for, for most of my athletic career. And then, um, you know, as you age, that just kind of goes away too. But, but never have I been swollen strong. So I think that I got along well with being lithe and agile. And I think that there's that, I mean, that's code word for athletic, Ben. That's code word <laughs> for speed and fast. What are and you quickness. talking about? And so I think there's a lot to be said for being lithe and agile. So that's what I'm going with. Wow, I feel like as somebody who is on the uh, rounder side of things, that I should stand up for the swole and the strong. No, but um, when you were in your heyday, you were lithe and agile too. <laughs> I was very lithe and very agile. <laughs> yeah, I was a yeah. I was a Craig Biggio kind of guy. You know, when I played <laughs> baseball way back in the day, that's certainly how I got on base was by leaning into pitches, and then I would just <laughs> run like crazy, run like the wind. No, that is definitely the right answer. That is the right answer. Pitching and defense is better than trying to hit the long ball, especially with the roster like the Giants have today. And that's why we should get Matt Chapman and not Bellinger. Case closed. End of discussion. 
Anyway, today is Sunday, February 4th. Willie Mays Day in the sandy city of San Francisco. Happy Willie Mays Day, Matthew. Thank you. 2424. That's, That's right. why it is oh, Willie Mays Day. Oh, I see. I see. It's like they kind of did like a May the 4th thing here. That's right. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. I get it. I get it. Well, anyway, that was yesterday as we record this podcast. I mean, that was yes, that was today as we record this podcast, but yesterday for you who's listening to this podcast. You were going to say something, Matthew? I was just going to say, I think it's really amazing that the Giants, uh, I mean, Willie Mays is arguably, and I don't think it's that much of an argument, the greatest living baseball player. Yeah, uh, and And just... The fact that the Giants have this rich history of Willie Mays, I mean, there there are people who saw him play, especially his contemporaries, who will call him the greatest player they ever saw, right? And yes. obviously, we can't compare him to someone like, you know, uh, you know, Babe Ruth or someone like that. But Willie Mays had it all. Uh, he could hit, run, throw. He was hit for power. He had speed. I just, you know, Willie Mays was what every baseball player would hope to be. And there's no debating it. And, and I think that the fact that he's a San Francisco giant is, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And, and I'm, I'm, I was, I love the fact that today is Willie Mays day. So happy Willie Mays day to you, Ben. Thank you, Matthew. Happy Willie Mays day to you too. Uh, other than that, the giants, well, they did do a lot these past two weeks, Matthew. We were just talking about it. A bunch of things happened. Uh, we're going to talk more about the Ross Stripling trade and, and what it means and what it might mean. And, and I think Matthew and I, we, we, we disagree. We disagree about what that means. And, and, uh, and uh, sneak preview, Matthew's on the uh, optimist side and I'm not. Huh. A shocker there. Yeah, shocker there. So so my advice is don't hold your breath for the follow-up move, folks, because you will die. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. And then we're going to uh, definitely agree, though, that it means there is room for more things to happen. So we're going to talk about what exactly should happen beyond that. And if we have time, Ben has cracked the code. I have cracked the code. I have seen what Farhan can see, and I see his plan. And it might work. You know, possibly. I'm not excited about it. But, you know, I think given where we are, it's not a horrible plan. But before we get to that, Matthew, hit us with your trivia question. Okay. So to this week... The Giants participated in a trade with the Oakland Athletics. and But prior to Farhan Zaidi taking over in 2019, the Giants had made only one trade with the A's in the previous 30 years. They've made six since 2020. Okay, but, uh, but prior to that, only one time, one trade in the previous 30 years. However, in the 80s, the Giants made only two trades the entire decade with the Athletics. Both wow. trades, both trades, however, involved significant contributors to the Giants. Hmm. One of those trades sent a future manager to the A's, while the other trade brought in a prolific closer. Who are they? 
I, I mean, I think you answered the question. I gave like, a lot of information on this. You gave so, a lot of information. You, you definitely one of these guys. I know. If you're a casual you fan, it. you may not know. But if you're a Giants fan, you 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 gotta know who this is. Who these yeah, two players yeah, are? Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe um, if you're a youngin and weren't even alive in the '80s, then maybe this might be a little bit more yeah, of a stretch. But yeah. uh, but for those of us who were big time fans in the '80s, uh, this should be a a no brainer. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna ignore the fact that you said future manager. And, uh, oh, 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 no, I got it. I got it. I got it. Okay. Okay. I got it. I got it. Bob Melvin, Steve Pedrosian. <laughs> Bob, because he's, he's our manager. He's the manager he now. Manager. I don't That's know if you right. know that. And Steve Pedrosian, because I said his name last week. That's right. And both were playing in the 80s. So perfect, perfect. Maybe that And was they the both answer. fit those rules. Sort That's of. It? Yeah. So we will we will see how wrong Ben is at the end <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> Enough with the banter. Oh. Let's talk cocktails. Let's do it, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? Well, Bob, I'm drinking a cocktail that I've literally I've been sitting on this cocktail for maybe two years. And I don't know why I haven't brought it to the show before then, but it is a cocktail called the Bella Luna, which means beautiful moon. It uh, What is in a Bella Luna? Well, it has two ounces of gin, three quarter ounces of elderflower liqueur, a half ounce of creme Yvette or creme de violette, because creme Yvette is a little bit harder to source, three quarter ounces of lemon juice, and one teaspoon of simple syrup. You're going to add all those ingredients to a shaker with ice. Shake for 10 to 12 seconds and double strain it into a chilled coupe glass. You're going to garnish it with a lemon twist. And what you have is a wonderful gin sour with some floral notes from the elderflower and the sweetness from the creme de violette. Uh, And it's a beautiful pale blue color if you're using the creme de violette. If you happen to have creme vet, then it's going to be a little bit of a pale red color. A beautiful cocktail. Very tasty. That is what I'm drinking today, Bob, the Bella Luna. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is, Bob, and if you want to know more about it, you can go back and listen to last Thursday's Happy Hour episode. What are you drinking, Ben? Oh, well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Today, Bob, I am drinking a stone fruit sour. This is a very interesting cocktail in terms of its ratios of its ingredients. They're very unusual for the type of cocktail this it is. If you want to learn more about that, I suggest that you listen to last Thursday's show, as Matthew suggested. What is in a stone fruit sour? Well, it has two ounces of bottled-in-bond bourbon. That means the bourbon is 100 proof. It also has one ounce of rich simple syrup, a quarter ounce of apricot brandy, and then one ounce of lemon juice plus one egg white. Combine all of the ingredients in a shaker with no ice and dry shake for 10 seconds. Then open the shaker, add in your ice as usual, shake until chilled, and then double strain that into a Nick and Nora glass, or if you have it, an Irish coffee glass, which 
is how this particular cocktail was intended to be served by the people that created it. And that is the Stone Fruit Sour, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. It is pretty good. It's, it's very interesting. It's, it's, it's rich. It's got a lot of mouthfeel to it. Uh, it's got a lot of strong ingredients kind of just all propping each other up. It's, uh, it's really, it's really fun. It's a fun twist on the whiskey sour. You know, you know what would have been a good name for a cocktail, Ben? Don't, don't say the death ball. The death ball. (laughs) Death ball would have been a great name for a cocktail. Like I was really looking forward to naming a cocktail, the death ball. The Uh, death ball. (laughs) And, and, and now, now we can't, we can't do that. Uh, Well, you know, Matthew, the Giants and A's do play each other every year. So maybe you could make a death ball around one of those times that they play each other Mm -hmm. and then present it on the show then. I like it. And and, and hopefully that thing hangs like a mother and we just, (laughs) just put it where all of other Ross Stripling pitches go into the cheap seats. That's my hope. <laughs> I don't even know what a death ball would involve. I mean, it would be like, I don't know. First, I was like, like fireball, you know, like like a cinnamon mm. kind of thing. But then maybe mm-hmm. like absinthe, maybe like an mm-hmm. absinthe forward drink. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A death ball would be, be, mm-hmm. it'd be, it'd be fun cocktail to kind of conjure up. But uh, alas, yeah, Ross Stripling was... is no longer a giant. Uh, yeah, real bummer. <laughs> Good old chicken strip is no longer a giant. Oh man! Oh. And, and you know, and he had a—he was really good in 2022. He—he he was really good in 2022. Unfortunately, you know he pitched for the Giants in 2023. Yeah. Not so great. Yeah, and he was a funny guy. You know, he, he, yeah, he, yeah. He was, he was fun to listen to talk. You know, I—I totally—I totally agree. I am sure that. Um, that he's a good teammate. I bet he picks up after himself. You know, I bet he puts things in the dishwasher instead of leaving them on the counter yep, and, I, and all kinds of good things. I, you know, I, I think as a, as a human being, I bet that Ross Stripling is grade A. Yeah. But boy, yeah, I am not glad. I'm not sad that he is gone. Not one bit. And and I'm I'm a little shocked. Like, were you surprised when you saw the the news? Uh, you know, I get these alerts from MSNBC or what, you know, or NBC Sports Bay Area or whatever it is that say, you know, tell you Ross Stripling traded or whatever. And and when I saw that, I was like, Aroo. yeah, like well, like, I, I like, get those too from you. Yeah, exactly. Well, then I, then I yeah, then I then I texted you, and <laughs> uh, and and so I my immediate reaction though was like, but the death ball. Oh my! The death really? ball, like, like you bought like, it. You bought it. That you bought it. You bought into the death ball. That is what I, it, gross, dude. They put that out on social media. They just like just to just to like pull you in. I was. I it worked. <sighs> you know, like he, Ross Stripling's got a new pitch. So you know, I I was excited. Well, but you know, so first of all, the fact that he was traded at all was interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Second of all, he was traded for a guy that was just drafted in 2022. Jonah Cox was a six-round pick of the A's in 2022, who, by the way, had 
a a 412 batting average for Oral Roberts University. Wow. All right. Uh 467 on base or 470 on base or whatever. Uh so I mean the guy the guy's got some talent. Well, so what yeah. you're saying to me, Matthew, is a professional baseball player who was drafted in the sixth round had a good career as an amateur? Well, when you put it like that, it doesn't sound as exciting. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound exciting. Hitting 412 for Oral Roberts, I'm sorry, it does not sound that exciting. I mean, I'm not trying to I'm not trying to poo-poo the guy. Like, I'm just saying, like, I would this is what I would expect. I, I think it to me it's it, it's remarkable that that the Giants got anything back for this because they got more than Jonah Cox, right? They also got nine and a quarter million dollars out of this, right? Because they owed. Now, I, that doesn't mean they got that money, but that's what they get in savings because they owe Ross somewhere around twelve million dollars and they sent some money with him to the A's. Yeah, well, but only but, like three million. So, but only three million, yeah. So the A's are going to pay nine and a quarter million dollars of his salary, which means the Giants don't have to. So that means they freed up nine and a quarter million dollars mm-hmm, for this mm-hmm. year, right? Spend which, on a big free agent, or to kick back to the owners so they can have a nicer vacation this summer. Whatever, <laughs> whatever happens, you know. Or, or hey, let's compromise. Let's make it better. Let's make the let's make the garlic fries better. Let's have some crunchy, crunchy fries. Okay, I want, no, I no, want if crisp. That, if, if that happens, then it is totally worth you know, <laughs> nine the, and a quarter. The it's right losing leaving. the death yeah. ball. <laughs> yes, yes. Garlic fries who are hot right out of the uh, right out of the fryer. Oh, yeah. that would be amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I don't know. Some people might argue that that garlic fries should be soggy because they got garlic sitting on top of them. I, I would prefer that they aren't. Quite frankly, so if you sure could is. find a way to do that. And and have them hot and 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 then also I get them right away. Like work on that, and and I'll say this is a win. I'll say this is a win. And Jonah Cox is just bonus. He's just bonus. Uh, I I mean I I don't know much about Jonah Cox, uh, but it is interesting that he was drafted recently. And uh, you know the A's are usually as we were talking about last week. The A's are pretty savvy drafters, Matthew. <laughs> like they know what they're yeah. doing. Right. And they're good at finding value in the draft. So getting any prospect that they've selected recently out of them is is pretty good. So, like, I think this trade is like I see only bonuses from this trade. I would have been happy, Matthew, if they only got the nine and a quarter million dollars. (laughs) Like if they had sent cash and Ross Stripling to the A's for nothing. I would have been like, sweet, they saved nine and a quarter million dollars. That's not nothing. Well, I, I, you know, since I don't spend that money and it's not really my money, I don't really care. I, I'm glad that they got an intriguing prospect, a guy that uh, seems to fit a lot of the mold of what Farhan likes in a player. Not only does he have a really high on base percentage perennially, uh, last year in the minors, his on base was 30, was 366 on base. Uh, but, but he also plays both the infield and the outfield. Uh, so he's listed as a center fielder, left fielder, and shortstop on baseball reference. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of upside there. A guy that can play multiple multiple positions who also happens to get on base. I think that's uh, Farhan's wet dream. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, uh, this sure. is a good good return uh, right. for, you know, for someone who didn't perform very well last year. Right. But this, right. But that's really the reason why Ross Stripling was traded, right? 
is because he's a guy who didn't perform very well last year. And I think also when you look at where he was going to project into the future, he was not somebody that we were super excited about to see coming forward. Like, I mean, before we, we there's a lot of reasons that we talk about why Ross Stripling was traded beyond his performance. But I do want to talk about his performance a little bit before we get into the other reasons that he might have been traded. Okay. And and also I want to just say like for me as a fan, this is a win, right? Because as we talked about at the beginning of the show, this is evidence of Farhan diasquasting. Right? He is editing, he is revising some mistakes that he made in the past. As nice as a person Ross Stripling may be, Giants fans were not happy with the performance that they saw from Ross Stripling all year last year. And then he was a guy who created some noise about, you know, how the fact that he was on the IL, but he wasn't really injured, making things more complicated in what was already kind of a broken clubhouse at the end of last season. And and he just became a guy who was in the way. And and as a fan, I never took to the guy. And so, like, that's one of the reasons that I'm glad to see him go. And that's a bad place to be in, right? Like, and then he says, you know, I sucked. I didn't play very well. So I'm going to I'm going to exercise my option. Just highlighting how awful those contracts are. I mean, he just he said it bluntly and straightforward, which on the one hand is commendable. But he basically came out and said, you know, I don't think I've performed well enough to go get another contract. So I'm just going to stay here. Well, yeah, well, that's what that as far as he's concerned, that's why he signed a contract. Well, that's why he did it. And that's why those contracts suck. And that's why they're bad for the fans. So this to me, this move was correcting a wrong that. Uh, uh, correcting a mistake that wronged the fans in a very direct way. So, so I, you know, and, and he stunk. He well, stunk. Yeah. Ross Stripling had as many wins last year as you did, Ben. <laughs> Come on, man. I had a few, I had a few emotional wins. <laughs> <laughs> Stripling was 0 and 5 as a giant, uh, you know, oh. so, uh, you know, uh, and, and yeah. was, it, I mean, and just, you could see why the Giants thought highly of Stripling. I mean, in 2022, his OPS plus was 128, a career high, matched a career high of 128, uh, 28% above league average. He was really good. And then he comes to the Giants in a, a, a ballpark, by the way, that's supposed to be pitcher friendly and gives up a, you know, 20 home runs in 22 games pitched. I mean, just... Uh, was absolutely awful. And so, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, before this happened, we were really trying to, at least I was, trying to make sense of the fact that maybe he would have a rebound year and we could utilize him in the rotation. But really, that was hope, right? I mean, that was something that was not based on what we saw last year at all. And now he's the ace problem. And and with his new death ball pitch, maybe he wins some games next year for the A's, and that's great. But what you alluded to is that this also opens up spots for you know our younger pitchers, which you know the, the more that that Farhan 
you know, cleans out guys like Dave Sclafani and is now Stripling, uh, the more opportunities that gives guys like, you know, Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck, who we saw last year start to have some pretty decent numbers. Uh, having said that, though, don't don't do yeah, it. No, well, don't you, do it. It begs the question. Like, no, it are doesn't. The Giants, no, are the it Giants? Doesn't, it doesn't beg anything. No, don't do it. So okay. are the Giants okay. rebuilding now? Do it. Or, or, or is more coming? Because I feel like this maybe now opens up the door for assigning like someone like Blake Snell. You and every other Giants fan and Giants writer, everyone, as soon as the Ross Stripling trade dropped, as soon as that, they all thought, oh, something else is going to happen. Well, yes, because they save money. So they're way below what they spent last year. And it opens up a spot, Ben. It's- so you know, there's the, the reigning NL Cy Young Award winner is still out there, Ben. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so another former MVP the winner out want there. want to do that? Cody Bellinger. <laughs> exactly. Yes, that yeah. too, right? Yeah. So why wouldn't the Giants want to pursue something like that, uh, you know, as a way of getting a stronger rotation? Because, you know, as you and I were talking about off air, mm-hmm. the Giants having a stronger rotation not only you know is is a way of winning more in the regular season but once you get into the postseason it really spells well, we'll, uh, we'll, it could be the antidote to someone like the Dodgers well we'll get into that we'll get into that you're jump you're jumping ahead here you're I jumping am jumping ahead, ahead but you know I'm trying to like use your your logic to mm-hmm. why wouldn't the Giants now that they've got an extra spot utilize it for someone like Blake Snell because Lucy always pulls the football away from you. <laughs> That's why. Don't be a sucker. Like, I cannot believe, like, every Giants fan, every writer, they were all like, something's happening. And I was like, no, it isn't. Nothing's happening. This so, is not imminent of anything. There is no, like, this does not mean Blake Snell is coming. This does not mean they're about to make a trade. Yes, someone will eventually take that 40-man spot. Somebody will, mm-hmm. but it could very well be Jonah Cox getting called up in <laughs> early April. Like, you know, we have been hoodwinked so many times and we keep clinging to hope that this great, amazing move is going to come and it never comes. This move is indicative of nothing. That is my argument. Yes, it opens up possibilities, and I think that's all that it does. I don't think there's a plan for this spot. I think the only plan is this makes the Giants better because it allows room for the young guys, and it makes room for us to do something else. But we don't know what that will be yet. And that's basically what Farhan said. That's what he said. Yeah, well, and and so, but but what Farhan says... He also said that they were going to be shopping at the top end of the free agent market. And he they did, s- Matthew. They really, they shopped hard. <laughs> they window shopped really hard. <laughs> the free, the top of the free agent market is still unsigned, Ben. Okay. Outside of Otani. Okay. And Yamamoto. So, and Yamamoto. All right. So, uh, you, yeah. So I, it's really hard to, to tell, like, is the, is the guy blowing smoke up our butts? 
Or is he like really honest? No, I think and he's really honest. I can't honest. tell. I, I really, really don't know. I think he's honest sometimes. And I think, I think he's honest uh, to a degree. But I think, I think he makes he's lies also, of omission. He makes lies of omission like yeah. every baseball executive does. Okay. Yeah. Which, which just sucks. Right. I mean, it's like, just, just, just don't say anything then. Right. I mean, I, I feel like this, this whole idea of, so he went on, he, he mentioned with Maria Guardado of, of SFGiants.com. He told her that the young guys that are, you know, have been at their Papago Park, their minor league system, our training center that they've, they've just recently built, uh, that they're, they like what they see. So what that says to me, Ben, is. That they're making I, room I, for them. Uh, yes, but but I also feel like that's also like code to Scott Boris, like you know, look, look, we don't need your guy, so you know, come on down a little bit in your price, and maybe we'll reconsider because we've got all these great options in the minors, guys that have never even seen the major leagues, right? You know, so we, so, so what you're saying I, is is that that this move looks like they're making room for Snell or Montgomery. Yes. And 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 he doesn't want them to think that. He doesn't want Boris to think that. So he says this other thing of like I'm perfectly happy with the guys that we have. I'm just Correct. getting rid of ridding Stripling because I want to make room for them. Like I don't want exactly. Montgomery. I don't want Snell. But what you're saying is is he's saying like <laughs> uh, I I do. I do want Montgomery. I do want Snell, but your price is too high. Exactly. That's what you think he's saying. That's what I think he's saying. I think he's saying that he thinks that the young guys are all pitching really well and that they will fill in those positions and that is what he plans to do and that is what will happen. Mm. That's okay. what I think. So and, the Giants and, the Giants are significantly lower than they were in their in their payroll last year. They are projected to spend right now 141 million dollars. They were like 180 something last year. Mm -hmm. Okay. They, they still are like significantly under the luxury tax payroll. They could add one of these players. They could. And, 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 and I feel like they will. They could add one of these players. They absolutely could. They won't. How do you know? How because do you they, know? Cause they never do. Cause they never do. Are, are you willing to bet on it? <laughs> I'll bet you okay. that the Giants mm -hmm. sign mm -hmm. one of the big four before the season starts. Okay. The mm -hmm. loser has to drink a Negroni on 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 the next on the podcast after they sign. Not doing it. <laughs> not not doing it. <laughs> not doing it. Come on, you you were just so sure <sighs> that, that that he's not going to sign any of these guys. I I, I didn't know I was risking that. I didn't know I was risking that. <laughs> Come All right, on. we're going to have to agree on some parameters here. We're going to have to agree on some parameters because, like, okay. look, loser drinks a Negroni. Okay, okay. We're going to have to talk about the size of the ice. We're going to talk about how many minutes <laughs> that you have to drink it in. Um, we're going to talk drink a whole Negroni over the course of a podcast. A podcast. Okay, okay. We have to, like, um, if we don't do the podcast in person, then I ha we have to witness the other person make it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. That that's fine. Deal. It's a bet. It's a bet. All it's right. It's a bet. Like I feel very confident. I'm never going to drink this Negroni. The Giants. So this means the Giants will not sign Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, uh, 
Cody Bellinger or Matt Chapman by yeah. by the start day? of the season by opening by, day by opening day okay okay yes. so so if Scott Boris like is able to push this into the regular season into then, discount then the range. bets off yeah no right, I'm saying right. that there was one of those guys will sign with the Giants right. before opening day right because once you get into discount range and you're prorating things I know that Farhan gets super excited and then <laughs> and then that kind of like that screws me so like okay uh, okay yeah all right I'll make that bet I'll make that bet and uh, right. you know what you part of me it, is tempting fate here good let's do it let's do it you know if I lose I win and I win I lose <laughs> you know it's 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 great. So either like either the Giants get a great player or I get to watch you drink a Negroni. So, exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And I feel the same way. I feel the same way. The Giants either get a great player or I get to watch you drink a Negroni. And I think that that's <laughs> that is a win win there. Right. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but I, OK. All but, right. But, you know, and, and I but I think that, that it comes back to that the Giants you know, they're either doing one of two things, right? They're they're rebuilding. They're they're putting their trust in the younger, the 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 guys that haven't yet played, yep. at least a full season yet, or they're they're looking to add something else. Uh, and if it's that, if that's the case, then like, who are they? Who are they? Who is that forty man fortieth roster spot going to go to? Right. And and, you know, who have they cleared space for? Is it for someone like Carson Wisenhunt mm-hmm. or is it someone like Blake Snell? So I'm saying Blake Snell. Right. Or Jordan Montgomery, I guess, in this case. So we're saying that this, the space has been cleared for something like. Yes, exactly. Right. right. And and it's not, you know, my thesis is that it's been cleared for nothing. It's just been cleared to be cleared. Right. You know, that that. Uh, Okay, I I will agree that that's a pretty stupid logical reason. That's just my emotions speaking. Clearly, they have cleared this forty man roster spot for 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 a reason, right? Like yeah. they saw value in getting Jonah Cox. They saw value in getting nine and a quarter million dollars back. They saw value in in removing not just the far, the roster spot represented by Ross Stripling, but the fact that he was a starting pitcher, and they saw they saw a reason for that. So, the question then is, why has that space been cleared? And you're saying. Blake Snell, right? He's the number one guy at the top of the free agent list. He is the best guy remaining. He is the reigning Cy Young Award winner. He would fit perfectly in the San Francisco Giants rotation alongside Logan Webb and eventually Alex Cobb and and Robbie Ray. And Kyle Harrison. And Kyle Harrison. You do bring him in, though, and you have that five. That does mean that... Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck are are relegated to to long yeah. relief or yeah, back well, to the someone's minors. Someone's going to get hurt eventually. Whatever. I mean, that's what that's what that's what options are for, Ben. Well, that's what options that's are what, for, right? That's what that's what depth is for. That's what depth is for. So you're saying, okay? Because I don't want that. Like, I do not want to see Wynn and Beck or others pushed back, right? I would much rather see these young guys turn into the next Blake Snell than 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 to see an older Blake Snell. Like, that's what I want. That being said, I mean, Blake Snell, and I guess, and or Jordan Montgomery, I, I, the stats say they're kind of the same, right? Like, but everybody's like, Blake Snell, Blake Snell, Blake Snell, because well, he won yeah, the Cy Young I, Award. Blake Snell on, I mean, the, the, the problem with Jake, Blake Snell is he's had two really good years in his career, and the other ones have been more like Jordan Montgomery. Right. right. So okay. so his ceiling is a little bit higher 
right. uh, than Jordan Montgomery's. But uh, but overall, Jordan Montgomery has been a very good pitcher, just not Cy Young level. Right. So, I mean, I I think this actually fits with what the Giants look like they're trying to do right now, which is pitching and defense. So I think it would make a lot of sense if they turn around and get Blake Snell and Jordan, or Jordan Montgomery. Because as we were talking about last week, you know, I didn't want them to go get Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery because already you have everybody set up in such a way that at least it makes room for your young guys. And and part of that equation was I was assuming that Ross Stripling was just going to be trotting out there every five days, just, you know, giving up the long ball and just making everybody moan and groan in the stands, you know, like you're in the third inning and you're just trudging up to go get your cold garlic fries. Because, like, you know, it's just no point. There's no point in watching the game. Well, now he's gone. And so, you know, that if you do bring in Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery, like, that problem is now the same as it was last week, except now you got a way better pitcher. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not, I don't hate the idea. Like, it's not the worst idea. You know, I, I would feel really bad if Keaton Wynn or Tristan Beck or somebody else is blocked by this and ends up on another team, and then I have to watch them be great for the next 10 years, I'm really going to be bothered by that. Well, sure. But that's, I mean, that's the risk. So let's say, so here's a scenario that could play out, right? Blake Snell signs with the Giants. Still need to solve our shortstop depth problem, right? So now the Giants turn around and trade someone like Keaton Wynn or Tristan Beck or Wisenhunt to the Brewers for Willie Adamas. (laughs) <laughs> who has been uh, someone that the Giants, you know, that, that has been linked to the Giants because, you know, the Brewers are now shopping mm. some of their guys who are in the last year of their contracts. And uh, Willie Adamas is a really good shortstop that could help the Giants. Uh, so that wouldn't be an awful thing. I think that would be a really good way of of solving some of our, our depth problems. I mean, it would be if you can make that swing. It also is, I mean, adding Adamas is is interesting. Um, I would say this, though. You do not need to sign Blake Sell to get Adamas. No, that's true. Right? You could, you could make this trade with other pieces lower down that are not really competing for a rotation spot this year and probably still get Adamas. Um. I mean, it does kind of like one thing that we haven't mentioned, but did happen in this past week is that Corbin Burns, who we have talked about a number of times in passing on this show as a possibility, we felt like that that the fact that he hadn't been moved meant that the Brewers were going to hold on to him into the season. That turned out to not be true. They traded him to the Orioles, who suddenly look really good. I can't believe I'm saying this, but boy, I wish I was an Orioles fan right now. (laughs) You know, well, the the interesting part about that is there were actually reports that the Giants were in on on Burns before the Orioles got him. So the Giants are shopping for that level of player. That's that's true. They're they're looking for that. They um, of like like everything else. They didn't get him. Yeah, they came in second. And when you and when you look at when you look at what the what the Orioles gave the Brewers, it kind of tells you the price range of what they were looking for and the giants were not willing to beat or match that. Yeah. Now it, well, now I mean, one of the players was a major league ready player. I mean, the it was giants a major league ready shortstop, a, which the giants yeah. 
Well, the Giants think they have. Well, the Giants say they have one because they say that's going to be what they're, that's, that they say that's what our shorting start, short stop is going to be. Now, we know that on this show, we don't agree with that. And that's why no, we're talking I, about, about Willie Adamas. Well, and that's why they're looking for depth. Because right. And they, they, they want to hedge their bets. For well, sure. and I don't think the Brewers believed it either. Yeah. But, but that being said, like the, and, and maybe, but you know, like if you look at the rankings, I think I heard this on Locked On Giants that Carson Wisenhunt is somebody who was in a similar price range as the shortstop that was sent, who was all glove, no hit, right? Right. Yeah. But he Not was ranked. He was, he was a top. Yeah. He was a top one hundred prospect, and and they believe he's major league ready and he's going to be their shortstop of the future, which definitely indicates that they're willing to move Adamus now. But that also tells you that the Giants were not willing to give up somebody like Wisenhunt which is probably what they would have had to do to get Corbin Burns. And to me, that just says the Giants are not willing to leverage their future, to, to mortgage their future to, to, to make the team better for this year. And they would have only had Burns for one year. So the question is, if that's their strategy, then why would they go get Adamas? Well, first was of all, also they need, one they, year. Well, First of all, it's a lot cheaper to re-sign someone like Adamas than it would be to re-sign Corbin Burns. Uh, so I, I think that uh, well, you don't have Kirby, to re-sign him either, though, because you have Luciano, right? Maybe you give well, Luciano another year. Yeah, but I mean, I, you, theoretically, but if if Luciano doesn't doesn't hit or doesn't play defense well enough at shortstop, then you've got to figure out a way. So, yeah, but you have a because, year because to do that. Th- you have a well, year to do that. There's two things that need to happen with 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 him, right? He needs to be he needs to be able to field shortstop and he needs to be able to hit, right? right. If he doesn't do both of those, then someone like Willie Adamas makes a lot of sense. Sure. Cuz you can move you can move Luciano to left field or you can you know after Conforto leaves. You could you could move him to third base, you know, after Davis leaves cuz both are on the last year of their contract. So I think that there's that makes a lot of sense to bring in someone like Adamus because not only does he provide some insurance at shortstop if Luciano doesn't do well, but he also helps maybe even solve some of the DH problems that they have as well. So I think that that Adamus is a really good candidate, and I would absolutely be willing to give up someone like Wisenhunt. You know, mm-hmm. someone who hasn't really shown it at the major league level. Yes, it's a talent, but you got to give up talent to get talent. And mm-hmm. Adamus is 29 years old. He's still in the prime. They could extend him for four or five more years. He could be the shortstop. Well, you know, and Luciano could be moved to a different position. I think it makes a lot of sense. Well, I like him because you don't have to sign him. You can get him for a year and you don't have to extend him. You don't have to. You're not you're under zero true. obligation. That's zero true. obligation. And and, and and then and maybe the cost of someone like Adamus isn't a wizen hunt because of that, right? Because you only get him for one year, maybe the cost is a little bit well, lower. Well, I think he's not as valuable as as Burns, first oh, of all. Oh, absolutely. So, not. so his right. price Burns should is not, a Cy Young yeah, kind of candidate. His price should right? not I mean, be his price should not be as high as it was for Burns. Uh, they're both one year rentals unless you extend them. Um, I think if you, you know, so, so that's why I like Adamus because I think we agree that, that Luciano is a very big question mark and, and is possibly, probably, probably, it's more likely probably not ready to play shortstop at the major leagues next year. Yeah. Particularly on the hitting side. Yeah. Right. And so, and so Adamus, it, it becomes a very valuable piece and I would love to see them go get him. Um, 
And, you know, but I but it just feels like the way that they have treated all of these trades that they're just not willing to give up their youth for anything right now. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, does that mean that they value Adamas more than they value somebody like Burns? And if that's true, then does that mean they're really focused on Snell or does that mean they don't care about adding to the rotation? Like, I, I don't know. I'm just very, very confused about what is going on here. But what I can tell is that the Giants are very, very dedicated to the youth. They they just don't want to move anybody who is highly well, ranked in the in the prospects right now. And and I, I don't know if I can blame them because that is the recipe for success, right? Is that you're you once your young guys start contributing at the major league level, then you you can move your resources around to get guys that can fill in spots. Right. And 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 we've seen that, you know, ten years ago. 15 years ago when the Giants went through their run in the early 2000s or 2010s because that's what, you know, they 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 supplemented their homegrown talent with the occasional free agent that that right. ended up helping. And so I I don't have a problem with that, but it is a risk. It's right. a huge risk. And what I'm what I'm worried about is if they don't go out and get someone like Snell or someone like that, then really what they're saying is that this year is just a test year. This year is yeah. just a we're going to figure things not, out and we're going to play it out. And it's not, it's a rebuilding year, but they won't say that. But that's right. really what it is all about. But I'm not worried about that, because like if you sign these free agents and they come in, then you are definitively saying, I don't believe in my youth and I will not let them play. Like if you sign or a Snell or a Chapman now. or a Bellinger, <laughs> what's I mean, you're, you're going to say I'm going to put the. But what? You're going to win 84 games with that. Like you're going to win 84 games. Which could get you games. into the playoffs and make a World Series run. No, you're not. <laughs> like no, you you're not because you haven't in the last 2 years. Like that's not good enough. 84 wins is not good enough and that's what signing these free agents is going to get you. It's going to get you 84 wins in perpetuity or 86 wins, which which is the difference between not making the playoffs and making the playoffs. I mean, it won't get like you just added two more wins on a whim. <laughs> like they won 79. Well, Ross Stripling lost five last year and he's no longer on the team. So, right. So now you've got. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I will buy that. That is true. You're right. I didn't, uh, you know, they've gotten rid of Hanniger, uh, who didn't hurt them so much. He just wasn't available. They got rid of Stripling who definitely hurt them. So, you know, but they also got a Kapler who kept running him out of there, running him out there. Um, <laughs> you know, but uh, no, I mean, I, I think what I'm saying is, is that like, yes, I think that is what they're doing. The fact that they're not moving the youth means they're relying on the youth. But at some point, you do have to let them play. You you have to let them play. Like, they have to go out and run out onto the field in San Francisco and play Major League Baseball. That's how kids become Major League Baseball players. I feel like uh, yeah. I'm telling you how a, how a bill becomes a law, man. Like <laughs> this is how a prospect becomes a major league baseball player. He has to play major league baseball. And if you yes. don't let him do that, he won't ever become that. I don't he, remember that episode of Schoolhouse Rock where they tell you how how a baseball player <laughs> how a becomes, prospect becomes a player. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I would have I would have really watched that, that show. That would have been, been a, a great one. one. That would have been a good one. How a prospect becomes a player. I'm just a prospect. Anyway, sorry. Uh, this isn't a singing show, but maybe it Thank God. should be. Uh, <sighs> uh, no, so it's like I'm saying, like, I think that's the direction we're going here, folks. Like, 
hey, you know, I, I think a Snell fits. I think a Chapman fits. But they also all, like, if you get too many of those guys, they start to block the path. Here's, here's the truth, though. Like, I don't think the Giants can afford two of these guys. Because I think they want to stay under the tax. And I don't see, given the room that they have, how they fit two of these contracts and stay under the tax. I think we only yeah. get if if I'm drinking that Negroni, it's only just barely. But, I, you know, I think that there's some creativity that can happen because, first of all, if you're bringing in two players, that means you're getting rid of one of somebody that's on the 40 man already, right. like someone like J.D. Davis or someone like that. So somebody who's, well, you have to get rid of their that, salary. But, right. And right, that's harder exactly. to do. So you have to trade them. Right. You can't just DFA them. Because then you have right, to so you're not getting it. much back in value, but you're just getting rid of the yeah, of the, yeah. Uh, you have of, to of, move of, of that salary, yeah. So, so I mean, so there are ways of doing that, but you're right. I mean, they are getting a little bit tight on that it, to add two top of the line free agents. Uh, but my Negroni bet isn't for two; it's just for one. <laughs> That's true. That's right. true. So that's so, true. I, I mean, and, and I think guys like Wisenhunt and Wang and all that. I mean, I think that. You start to look at how they, you're right. They, you don't know how they're going to do until they actually play. Right. Uh, but and you I just to- go back to the fact that, you know, we've got a new manager. You've got Farhan who finagled his three-year contract. You know, he's really only got two years to turn this around. And I just, I mean, and it's, it, it would have, a, he would have a, a lot of cojones to be like, yeah, I'm putting all my money on guys like, Keaton Wynn and Tristan Beck. Or, yeah, um, or he had meetings with his bosses and he sat down and he said, okay, like, here's the mistakes that I made, but here's my new plan. I need two years. And maybe that's why they gave him a three-year contract. Maybe yeah. this is a decision that has already been made. They gave the, him three more yeah. years. They're going to pay him for three more years. So... Maybe this is like fate accompli. It's already been done. Maybe we're drinking the Negroni by opening day. Hey, you know what? Maybe it takes two drunk old men sitting in their closets to say it, but San Francisco Giants fans, we're in a rebuilding year. Heard it or here not. first. <laughs> um, if, if 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 I'm drinking the Negroni, folks, we're in a rebuilding year. That's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, that's, that's right. That's, if I'm drinking, that's, that's what's going to happen. And uh, and and but here's the thing. I mean, I think. Do we? Ha- how much time do we have left? Are we? Are we? We're actually re- coming up on the okay. End of our All right. Well, minutes, so yeah. so here is what I think is the master plan, Farhan's master plan. Now, not not five years ago. This is the master plan right now. The master plan is this: number one, develop a plan that is um, resilient, meaning if things don't if something go, doesn't come if something doesn't come to fruition, then you got to pivot. Correct. But but you can easily pivot to that new thing. But at the end of the day, when you peel away all of the layers of that versatile plan at the center of it is. Pitching and defense. Based around a core of your young homegrown players. This is what you would roll out there if you signed no one, including, let's say, you know, Lee at the beginning of the season, the beginning of the offseason, right? If mm-hmm. you yeah. got nobody, what would you do? You would jettison as much of your veterans as you could 
and you would run your young guys out there and you would lean on what they do well. And what you have established is you have developed a lot of good young starting pitching. You already have a great back of your bullpen. Because you have such good starting pitching, you can run some of those guys out into long relief. So suddenly your pitching looks pretty good. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then you take your young players, and young players usually develop their defense before they develop their offense. So you take your best defenders and you run them out there. And I think we keep hearing Farhan say he needs a shortstop. And I think they know that's actually their biggest weakness right now. Their young shortstop, sure, he can't hit. But that's not the problem. Problem is, is he can't field. And so that's the big problem that they're trying to solve right now that I think they keep mentioning. Nobody else really focuses on it very much because we're all obsessed with Chapman and Bellinger and Snell and Montgomery. But the Giants really need a shortstop that can play defense. And they know that. And they're yeah. concerned about it because that's the core plan. Right? Right now, you have, you have Lee in center field. You have Tyro Estrada at shortstop. And you have Bailey. Second. It's second. Sorry, it's, it's, it's second. And you have Bailey at your catcher. Right? You have yeah. Yastrzemski and um, Conforto. And, well, no, yeah, Conforto's like, uh, who's a good defenders? Oh, Slater. <laughs> Slater. You have Yastrzemski and Slater who can play in the outfield, right? Wilmer can play a decent first base. Davis is not, you know, he's not a great defensive third baseman, but he has made tremendous strides there. And that's why Chapman is such a good fit because you can put him in there and he is an A-plus defender who has the extra side benefit of hitting home runs. Yes, he has a history of that, but it's kind of been fading. And you just live with the fade. That's the plan. Pitching and defense built around the young core. Yes, you add snap-ons of free agents around it if you can, but if you can't, you roll with that and you let the kids play for a year, then you know what you have. Then you can start trading away your other prospects because you know who you don't need anymore. But you can't do that until you know what you've got. Yeah. I I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I don't, we've never really been told we're going through a rebuilding year. The Giants traditionally have never done that. They don't want to do that. They don't want to say that and, they are. Right. So that would be interesting. And, you know, they'll probably marketing will get behind it. There'll be a hashtag. will be like, gotta like these kids. It'll be like, it'll, it'll be just this fun thing that we get to watch the Giants, you know, win like 78 wins. I oh, hope wait, so, Matthew, because they're still year. rocking yeah. nothing like it. Yeah, that's got to be. I mean, that's really? Gotta that's got to go. I mean, that's so that's Gabe Kapler, right? Like, it's I, so I, Gabe Kapler. It's, it's yeah. got uh, to get rid of nothing like it. All right. Well, on that note, I think we need to, there's nothing like this episode. We need to finish it. Uh, and, and uh, you know, maybe in a few weeks, folks, you heard it. You know, Ben will be drinking a Negroni. I, I'm looking forward to that. But it is time to do the trivia question answer. If you recall, the question was, uh, one, what trade between the A's and the Giants in the 1980s involved a future manager to the A's uh, while the other trade brought in a prolific closer. Who are they? The answer, folks. Ben, what is the answer? The answer is Bob Melvin and, oh, no, Steve Bedrosian. <laughs> no, the answer, first of all, is, of course, Dusty Baker. 
Dusty Baker, <laughs> who was a giant that was traded to the A's. That's right. Future manager. Uh, on March 24th, 1985, the Giants traded Dusty Baker to the Oakland Athletics for Ed Puikunas and Dan Winters. Sh- sure. Sure. Yeah. Hey, we haven't said this, by the way, but welcome back to the fold, Dusty Baker, by the way. Yes. Welcome back. You and I had drinks with Dusty we once. We did. We did. He hopefully doesn't remember. But um, <laughs> And then uh, the other one was Rod Beck, right? The Giants right. traded yeah, sure. uh, the Giants traded Charlie Corbel, who was a minor leaguer to the Oakland Athletics for Rod Beck on March 23rd, 1988. And Rod went on Beck went on to become one of the uh, all-time greatest closers of the Giants. One of the all-time great baseball personalities. I oh, mean, great guy. You know, yeah, it was it, his big love wherever he played. His, yeah, it is just his arm dangling. Oh, oh. it was great. Love, 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 Miss you, shooter. All right. Um, so that's gonna do it, folks. Uh, Ben, looking ahead, uh, what are you drinking next week on the happy hour episode? On the happy hour so episode leading into the Super Bowl. I am drinking a cocktail dedicated to the fourth most important San Francisco giant, Mitch Wishnowski. It's called Wishnowski's Boot Punch. All right. You'll learn more about that on Thursday's episode. I am drinking a also a 49er-inspired cocktail called Purdy and Red. And uh, so stop by on Thursday and hear about Wishnowski's Boot Punch and Purdy and Red. Uh, in the meantime, uh, go 49ers and go Farhan to sign one of the big four so I don't have to drink a Negroni. We will uh, see you next week. Uh, before then, though, I'm looking forward that? to what? my Negroni. <laughs> Me too. All right. And uh, don't forget to follow us on the socials at Giant Cocktails on Twitter or the platform formerly known as Twitter and Instagram and Threads and Mastodon. Uh, don't forget to rate us or subscribe if you haven't done so already so you don't miss any great content. Uh, we will be back next week, the Monday after the Super Bowl, celebrating the 49ers win and the Giants signing one of the big four. So, uh, wow, both are happening at the same time. At the same time. It's going to be a big week. It'll be a big week. <laughs> wow. Folks. Ben's victory <laughs> Negroni. All right. That's right. Until then, folks. Uh, ben, it's been great talking to you. Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up. Man, I can't drink a Negroni. <laughs> I know you can't. I know you. I don't can't. know why I even threw that out there. Well, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and you're putting your faith in Farhan. <laughs> can't. I can't. Come on, Farhan. Come on. Sign one of them, please. <laughs>